Tired of asking why? Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast, where we are answering life's most difficult questions. Now, here's your host, Teresa Blaze. Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast. I'm Teresa Blaze, and today I'm riding solo. Uh, today, I want to talk to you about a couple of things that I don't care if you're a Christian or an atheist or somewhere in between. The, uh, these things affect everyone in one way, shape, or form. Before we get to that, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. Unresolved News is still running. Um, I've got a lot of different things planned for that. You know, different articles. In fact, I have actually taken to switching up. So I write an article and then Michael Blaze, who is aka the producer of this show that you're listening to, he actually writes articles or reproduces articles or however you want to put it, you know. And so we're trying to put out a quality product. We may not necessarily get to one every single day, but we try and put out a quality product. I'm going to be releasing additional content in another format. I haven't quite figured out how yet, but it it's coming. Social Hazard, uh, the ministry that I mentioned last week, it is on its way. I am hoping to release it soon. I, I don't want to guarantee a date because, you know, I, I just, I don't want to do that. I want to actually have a firmer lock on a date before I can actually go into detail on that front. But I would ask for prayers because... Mm, yeah, launching a new podcast is always fun. So, there's other things I could probably get into. I have a lot of ideas for this show. Um, guys, I really, really would love your feedback. If you have ideas, uh, topics you want me to cover, I would love to hear them. And last but not least, if uh, you are new to the show, the Unresolved Life podcast is about answering life's most difficult questions. It started with my own need. I didn't want the pat Christianese answers that everybody gives you. You know, you walk into church and you start asking, you start poking around and you go, well, well why, why does God allow these things? Why, why this or why that? And you get these answers that don't really fit the bill. And I didn't want them. I wanted the raw, real, honest answers. And I brought it to the mic. And funnily enough, I wasn't the only one that wanted him. So, you know, this has been a journey. I'm like a year and some months in. And I'm telling you, it's I've enjoyed every bit of it. There have been some shows that have been easier to do than others, but I have enjoyed every single bit of it. And it's all thanks to you guys and it's thanks to my Lord. So, with that. Shall we jump into the content? I think so. There are two things that everybody deals with. And I'm going to open it like this. Over the past couple of weeks, I was confronted through various means. Whether it be in a training or the Lord speaking to me directly. Or through someone else in a private conversation. And... It was all centered around one single question. What are you afraid of? Now, you could put that in context. Maybe you're dealing with something and maybe you got a phone call and, I mean, your gut just knots up. You 
you know, but in general, I think everybody operates in some sort of some sort of fear, right? And it comes out in different ways. Maybe you uh, overreact to something, or you get really angry really quick, and that's a good cover for, well, I'm afraid. Well, what are you afraid of? And where does that fear come from? Now, obviously, if you're a Christian, your, your response is, well, you know, fear is not of God, therefore it comes from the enemy. And that's true. But that's kind of a quick answer, isn't it? That's kind of a, if I just give this answer, then I can shove it under the rug and I don't have to worry about it. I don't think that's a good idea. I think sometimes you kind of kind of have to Really and honestly answer that question. What are you afraid of? Because once you figure out what you're afraid of, then you can find freedom in confronting it. Right? For example, I am not a person that deals with change in relationships very well. Okay? I... I prefer to actually, you know, I figure out how things work when dealing with someone and all of a sudden the, the, the relationship changes and I'm on my heels and I'm going, uh, how am I supposed to react to this now? Okay, and then I, I have to find that new state of normal and then something changes again, right? And I just recently, at like, I found out yesterday that, that uh, there's a situation that is going to be changing, right? And I reacted, and I was, okay, all right, that's cool. <laughs> but in my gut, I had butterflies, and I'm sitting there going, well, how is this going to work now, right? That's fear talking. Now, once you know that's fear talking, you, you know, you sit there and you go, okay, again, what am I afraid of? Why is this... Causing this kind of a reaction in me. What's going on? Right? And then you take the answer that you are given. And you take that before God. And you say, hey God, this ain't of you. You know? And you obviously renounce it. You know, I've talked about spiritual warfare in the past. I've had other people talk about spiritual warfare. And guys, don't let someone tell you differently. It's real, okay? The enemy loves to play mind games. Believe me, trying to get this recording done has been no end of headache. Okay? I've been interrupted more times than I want to count trying to get this thing done. Okay? Spiritual warfare is real. And it is something where a lot of times you have to sit there and go, No, I'm not going to let this stop me. I don't care what gets in the way. I'm going to get this done. Lord, this is your deal. So, you got to take it to God, you then have to renounce it, and you have to call out, you know, you, you know, you got you to take authority of it and go, no, in Jesus' name, you do not have power over me. I am not going to be a victim of that. Not going to happen. Right? So, let me give you an example from the Word. Actually, there's two of them. One of the prophets, I think it was either Elijah or Elisha, I can't remember which one. Right? He's got this servant, okay, and he's staring at this enemy, 
And this enemy's all around him, right? And I mean, he's completely freaked out. And the prophet kind of prays, Lord, would you open his eyes? Right? And the guy looks again, and he sees this like massive army of angels with swords surrounding the enemy that's surrounding them. Talk about a change in perspective. All of a sudden, he's not so afraid. I mean, when you think about it, uh, one angel can slice and dice and kill about a thousand to ten thousand guys. You see that in other examples of the Bible when the uh, w- when one of the armies came against Israel. And for the life of me, I can't think of who it was. But yeah, you know, angel went out and a whole bunch of them were dead. You know, but it just took a change of perspective. Okay, the second one I want to draw your attention to is um, when Joshua was standing at the Jordan. Okay, and they had just gone through 40 years of waiting for that last generation to die off because God said, you know what, you guys didn't believe me, you ain't going in. Okay, the only two that are going in that had the guts to believe me and take me at my word were Joshua, Joshua and Caleb, right? Okay, so guess what? They get to go in, and you don't. So here's Joshua, 40 years later, and he's standing at the Jordan, and what does God tell him? Take courage. Don't be afraid. I am with you. And he doesn't just say it one time. He says it over and over and over again in the first chapter alone. I think like two or three times or more. Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. I am with you. Do not be afraid. You think maybe God doesn't want us to be afraid to walk in fear? And this is more of a conversation to me as much as it is to you. This is more of a uh, reminder to me because I'll tell you, I do not deal with change well. There are some that thrive on it. Man, you get, you know, you start falling into a pattern and things start getting boring and you got to switch things up. Things have to change. And then there are some that go, I'm not so comfortable with that. I, you change my routine and I don't do so well with that. And then there's some that kind of live in the middle that can, that prefer a little bit of both. You know, especially, you know, they want change and they want routine in some areas, but they don't, but they want change in certain areas too. So I guess what I'm trying to say, guys, is don't live in fear. And I know that's hard. I know it's hard. But we're not called to that. You're called to something greater. I'm called to something greater. What do you say we move forward? And let's start trying to walk in what God has called us to be. He's called us to walk into the kingdom. And if you're not a believer, then there is one thing that you should be afraid of. Wait a minute, Teresa. You just spent all this time talking about fear. Well, yeah, I did. But the Bible does say there is one thing you should be afraid of. It says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I'm not talking about fear like you should be like, you know, freaked out in your, you know, shaking in your boots. No, you ought to have a reverence of God. Okay. And the fact is, if you're not a believer, the Bible says it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Why? Because if you are not a believer, then you are not under Christ. 
You are not in Christ. And if you are not in Christ, then you are standing on your own. And if you're standing on your own, then you are standing. And when you have to face God, what are you going to do? Because the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the living God. There is none righteous. No, not even one. Jesus says that he came into this world to uh, say, seek and to save those who are lost. Okay? But for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. But if you do not believe, then you are condemned already because you did not believe in the in the Son of God. That's John 3.16 and I believe 3.17. Right? So, I guess what I'm trying to say, if you're not a believer, then I strongly suggest you get right with God. Okay? Otherwise, there is definitely something to be afraid of. Because outside of Christ, you don't want to go into that eternity. But if you are a believer and you are following Christ, you have the spirit of the living God living inside of you. What do we have to fear? Yes, we should have a healthy respect for the Lord our God. But we shouldn't be afraid. We should fear no man or no circumstance. Because God has us in his hands. And I'm saying that to myself as much as anybody. So, if any of this has been helpful to you guys, let me know. I hope it has. It's kind of where God has been working with me on in one respect or another. I would ask a favor. If this content has been helpful, would you please subscribe, rate, and review so that others can find it? I really want to uh, increase the audience. I really want to help others, but I can't do that unless they know about the show. And I'm doing what I can, but I need your help. So if you would do that, I would be very grateful. You can always reach out to me, Teresa at unresolved.life, and we will speak again next time. God bless. You've been listening to the Unresolved Life Podcast. To catch all our past shows, go to unresolved.life. That's unresolved.life.